We're beginning a new series, and uh, I'm excited about this, Kingdom Family. Kingdom Family. How many love family? But how many love Kingdom Family? Yeah, it's better. And, and actually, the reality is, is that family, Kingdom Family is true family, if you really want to get down to it. Kingdom Family is not like, like the extra bonus upgrade to normal family. Kingdom Family is normal family, and everything below it is just needing to catch up. And, and, um, and you know, that we are people who live looking to see. We're actually, we're, we literally are walking encounters with God. Because God lives inside of us. And when people encounter us, they do encounter Him. And, um, and so, we're talking about kingdom family today. And the, the, uh, the title of this particular message in the series is called Wholeness. You've got to start somewhere, and um, we're starting with wholeness. And, um, and so I'm going to read to you a verse out of Ephesians. If you have your Bibles, uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3, we're going to start with 14. I'm actually going to read 14 to 21, and then we're going to just focus on 14 and go from there. But I love it in context. So I'll give you a moment. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. <laughs> it's helpful to know. You know, you're reading along in your Bible and there's like so many translations now. It's just helpful to know. And if you have an electronic Bible, you can just switch right to it. So, uh, for this reason, I kneel, Paul says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in the inner man through his spirit. And that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love. Ooh, that's good, huh? Rooted and firmly. What establishes us? Love. Namely, God's love may may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is. Let's just stop there for a minute. Saints, the Bible calls us saints, right? Not sinners that God's tolerating. If we've been born again, we're not sinners anymore. We're sons and daughters. We're saints. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well. I was a sinner, but since I was saved by grace, I'm a saint. Amen, right? Aren't you glad you've been transformed? Amen. Yea, God. So, uh, that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and the width and the height and the depth of, of God's love. And to know the Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge. I love that. To know, to know the Messiah's love, to know the love of God. That surpasses knowledge. How do you know something that can't be known? That we would know what really can't be grasped with the mind. That's what he's saying. Well, that word, who? <laughs> That's what God has for us. That we would know. What it means is, you'll never be able to figure it out. You'll never be able to quantify it. How can you Add up and find the bottom line of infinite eternal love. 
You cannot fathom the depth of it. There's no boundary. There's no limit. So what does it mean? It means the way you experience God's love is the same way you experience the ocean. You just get in and it swallows you up. You experience it. You know, I know, I know the ocean. I've been in it. You know what I'm saying? Well, how big is it? How much does it measure? There? I don't know. It's deep. Yeah, that's God's love. And so, uh, all right. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's go back to verse 14 and we're going to read that part. I kneel before the father from whom every family actually, if you so if you word study that. A better translation from from what I can uh, and some translations say this, but if you word study that. Actually, what this is saying is not every family, but a better a better way to say it would be. I kneel before the father from whom the whole family that is in heaven and on earth is named. It's talking about God's family, one family. It's the whole family. And, and we derive our name from him. He names us. That's what fathers do. Right? Fathers do this. Fathers give identity. Fathers conceive. Fathers give identity. Fa- you know, it, it, anyway, it takes two. But um, you're with me, Walt. But um, amen. So I kneel before the father from whom every or the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. God is a father. Okay, we're talking about kingdom family. And if we're going to talk about kingdom family, you have to start with the father. Because the father is the initiator of all. That's really what the father is. Father is initiator. He initiates. Right. Everything else responds. That's us. We respond to the Father. We're talking about kingdom family and particularly wholeness. God desires that all people, I was going to say his children, but first of all, God desires that all people would become his children. Because that is why we're created. He isn't willing that any should perish. Right? And so God desires that all people will come to him and be his children and experience the wholeness that comes from him. So whatever is in your life that is lacking, the father makes that whole through Christ. So the father of all life who has it in his heart to expand his family. That's actually what we're helping him do. He's looking for people who will get on board with his mission to expand his family. So God, the father, Jesus and the Holy Spirit have brought us into their intimacy and family. From their love and wisdom, we reproduce healthy families and communities. Here's what you have to understand. That God 
is whole. He's holy. But in the concept of holiness is included wholeness. As a matter of fact, it's a major component to holiness. Because what holiness means is ultimately it means all one thing with nothing left for anything else. That's one feeble attempt to describe this, con- this, this, this concept called holiness, which God is. God is holy. And when it, when it says that God is holy, it, means, it says that he has no shadow in him or, or no turning at all. In other words, is you're going to know God for eternity... And never are you going to see an aspect of his nature that contradicts a previously revealed aspect of his nature. So God never changes, but everything that can be known about God can be infinitely explored for all eternity. And you're never any closer to the end of it all than you were when you started, even though you're light years in. Think about this. Eternity is not an endless amount of time. Eternity is complete absence from the constraints of time. (laughs) Time is this little bottle that God created and he lives in eternity. It's like the ship on his shelf. I mean, you know, in the bottle. And, and, and so eternity is without, without time, without limit. And infinite means Without any constraint of capacity. It can't be measured. Amen. So God is holy. And and as a good father, he desires that all of his children will experience the freedom and the blessing of living out... His divine nature. I love the verse that uh, was released earlier. That we've been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. This comes from God himself. The Father. Wholeness comes through our connection with the one who is holy. (laughs) So good. And really, one of the keys to experiencing this is, it's a simple word, it's called surrender. And when I give up my, my need to understand everything and surrender myself to the one, it's like, I don't really know all the things, but I know you. And that's where you start experiencing more of him. So, so, God, so, so let's talk about this concept just for a second as we're building. So, so what you have to understand is that God... The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. One God. Right? Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one. There's one God manifested in three persons. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But this is the amazing thing about God. He loves to be known. It's actually the thing that God... I, it's, I believe it's actually what God loves the most. Is, is that when... He loves to be known, so he created an entire race whose jaw, whose, who were created just for this purpose. To know, to marvel, and to worship. And, and, that, and that it's so brilliantly created 
so it, in such a way so that when we behold and marvel and worship, we experience a fulfillment that's beyond anything else that we could ever work up. It's called wholeness. God wants us to be whole. And anything that's kept in my hand and controlled by me is going to lack a measure of God's wholeness. But how many know we're all on a journey? Right? And, and the more God gets a hold of all the aspects of my life, and, and this is what I believe sanctification is, is that more and more of the knowledge of God is released into my life, and so that God gets a hold of more of me. I want more of you, God. And he says, you've got all of me, and, and I am working to win over every part of you. Even though you've said yes to me, I continue to pursue you. And, and he pursues us for our good because he wants us to experience the wholeness that he that is available in him. Because every father wants to wants his child to thrive in life. Every healthy father, every healthy father and mother wants their children to thrive in life. It's what you want for your kids. You want them to be successful. You want them to thrive in relationship. You want them to have joy. When they hurt, you hurt. When they're broken, you feel broken. You pray, for, you know, you, you love them. I'm sorry that even if they're just little, they stub their toe. You know, there's that part of you that just picks them up and you're like, oh, I know it hurts. I, I wish, you know, I would have stubbed my toe instead if I could have, you know. And, um, you know, that thing. And God has that for us. We're living in a day where the very concept of family is under attack. There is such an assault on family. It's an absolute, and I don't want to give too much credit to the position, but it is. It's an absolute agenda of hell that comes against family because the enemy knows that in the context of healthy family, the kingdom thrives. I had, a, I had a vision once when the kids were just young. We had Josh and Caitlin. We were living in Lower Lake, California. And, and, and uh, I had this vision where the Lord spoke to me. And I saw, with, I saw me kneeling down on my, on my knees. You won't be able to see me in the back if I do that. But I, I saw in the vision, I had my, my kids and, and the, Amy was there. And we were all... And they were sitting on the couch and I was kneeling before my family. And in the vision, I said to them, I said, you guys, if we were the only people on the earth, we would be we would be God's church. And, and through that and through that vision, that that word that God spoke to me, I realized what he was saying to me is that my church is family, but your family is also the church. So to understand family, we have to look to the one from whom it originates. No one else can define family. When, when, when others get their hands on the concept of family and try to define family, do you know what happens? Confusion ensues. Identity is lost. People are hurting and struggling. You know, it says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end is death and destruction. 
You know, it's like, it's just, I'm going to do it my own way. And the father says, you can if you want. But it's going to hurt you. Which is ultimately what God hates about sin. Is that it, it defiles the image of God in us. And it causes pain to those that he created. And separation between us and the Father. You say you can't be separated from the Father. Well, you can't be separated from his love. But relationships have to be stewarded. It takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to make it out of sight. But, but, um, <laughs> but you know what? It only takes one person to mess it up. Do you know that? You know, like, it, it does. It takes two to make it go right. It takes two, two parties willingly surrendered towards one another to make it beautiful. And it only takes one to say, I think I'm going to do my own thing. And, and if you don't believe that, just think about God and people. God is perfect. How has he ever wronged anyone in relationship? And yet it's not going right between many and God. Quite yet. Quite yet. People are coming in. So I understand family. We have to first look to the one from whom it originates. Family is not a man-made institution. It is an outshining of the very nature of God. Oh, so, so family, according to God's design, actually is a beautiful outshining of God and his kingdom. It's interesting because if you just look at the things that the world scoffs at and celebrates, it's so backwards, right? I mean, they're like, they're like, you know, like people can go around wearing almost nothing in public and then somebody just wants to like their baby with a blanket over them at the airport or something. And people, oh, come on, disgusting. You're like, that is wholesome and beautiful and how God created it. Anyway, crossed wires there. And 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 I'll tell you why the reaction is, because I believe that. In those things, there is a reflection, actually, of the purity and the beauty of God that confronts. When you say, you have idolized that for your own pleasure, but now you are beholding that in, in which God, the way God designed it, and there's such a wholesome, wholesomeness about it, that it actually convicts you, so you have to, you, you either have to yield, or you have to attack it. So to understand what family is meant to look like on earth, we need to gaze on our Heavenly Father. God chose to reveal himself to mankind through his Son. The Son revealed the Father. Check this out. God reveals the fact that the Father reveals himself through a Son actually reveals that Father is the most important thing that he is. Does that make sense to you? So, so if I want to reveal myself, I'm going to do it in a way that represents me the best I can. God says, I want the world to know who I am. I'm going to send my son. And he's going to say, the father, 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 the father. I'm the son. He's the father, the father. And I'm going to die on the cross and make a way to the father. 
So that after Jesus comes, everybody knows it's all about a father calling his children home. He places the lonely, the Bible says, in a family. The father deeply desires that all people will come into his family, be happy and whole, and lack nothing. You know, the fact is, we can only be complete in the context of family. It's true. You know, you can survive outside of family, but you will never thrive outside of family. And you know what's amazing is that even if your natural family is broken, the family of God will take you in. Isn't that amazing? And so that like in the family of God, that family actually will become more of a family even then sometimes your natural family, depending on the situation. And we can only, so we can only be whole in the context of family, but here's the other thing. We can only enjoy family to the degree that we're made whole. We had a few extra things. Will you give me ten minutes? Thanks, Walt. We're broken in relationship, and we're healed in relationship. See, the thing is, is that almost all brokenness of mankind is relational brokenness. Gosh, when you really start thinking about it, you realize that relationship really is everything. My relationship with God, my relationship with people is everything. And, and that's why Jesus simply said, just do these two things. Love God with all your heart and love people as yourself. And everything else will sort itself out. Because ultimately, wholeness comes in relation to a perfect father in the family that he creates. And all brokenness happens outside of his family. You go, well, sometimes you get hurt inside God's family. Well, you know, you know what's interesting? Like... It's true, right? We, we, we do get kind of banged up around each other sometimes. And, but you know what? That is actually not... I, here's what I, I've been thinking about this. I don't think it's actually a knock against the church. You know what it is? People are, well, the church, the church. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't know. I love the church. I just love the church. I love Christ's church. And here's the thing, too, that I like to remember. You know, you, you really should not talk about somebody's wife. And and Jesus loves his bride. You know what I mean? We start talking about the church. And Jesus is like, did, did I mention I'm going to marry her? That's my bride. You know, you just got to remember that. And and so, because I, I want to see the church the way Jesus does. And, and, um, and uh, amen. I love the, I love the church. And, and, and so, but I, what I think is that what happens in the church is that so many of us, who would, outside of God's family, be almost completely unlikely to even know each other. I mean, such a vast array of different kinds of people come into the family of God. And, and I think the reason sometimes we get banged up is because we're, we're frankly, because we're committed to staying together. 
Because in the church, because out in the world, somebody rubs you wrong and you're like, I'm, I'm done with you. And, you know, and, and you just, you just, but, you know, in the church, you're like, hey, we're committed to working this thing out because, you know, Alan Hood said this. He said, when you came, when you came to God, you, you said yes to God and then we all, we got each other. But think about it. When you're born into a family, you're born to parents. And then the parents say, ah, oh, look at your new baby sister. And, you know, and it's just like, hey, and, you know, they're like, oh, mom, dad. And then and you're like, here's your brother who's going to stand on you in the living room. You know, like when you're trying to crawl, you know, <laughs> Ruben, you're smiling. You've seen that before. And, and so anyway. You hear my heart on that, though. I actually think it's a testament that we are committed to love one another, that we're actually in a covenant. Holiness involves the reality of being completely given to one with nothing left over. No fragments. See, fragments are brokenness. God is holy and, it, and, and there are no dualities in him. We, we kind of said this. Um, great I to experience to experience full joy we must experience full love okay this is key this is really key love the bible talks about being perfected in holiness or uh, perfected in love and and so love perfects us now here's the thing about love the amount of okay, so the amount of love that God has for me, how much is that? Yeah. Intimate. It's infinite, infinite, infinite. I can't even fathom it. Now, the amount of God's love that I experience and know personally, up until this point in my life, there there is a there is a measurement to that. I don't know how you'd measure it, but you get what I'm saying. Here's what we know if we're really doing our math. There's more. And so, so add it up, there's more. And, and so, and, and the key to experiencing wholeness is to be fully loved. And the key to being fully loved is to be fully known. And the key to being fully known is that I have to embrace the vulnerable, which means you're going to get to know me in ways vulnerable actually means woundable. Did you know that? Vulner is a word that, means, that can mean to wound. Vulnerable means literally, like you can actually be transparent with somebody and not be vulnerable. Vulnerable is kind of the next level where I'm like, hey, I'm really trusting you with my heart. It might even be my dreams. You know, like if I go, you know what I'm dreaming about? You know what's in my heart? It's, ah. Uh, this is what's in my heart. And you're like, that's dumb. That's never going to happen. Oh, you know, you know what I mean? I got vulnerable with you. You got to take care of my heart when I do that. And um, I've never had anybody do that. I'm just imagining vulnerable. We can experience full love to the extent that we that we are known and accepted. Now, ultimately, that comes from God. But we experience that through one another. Now, 
just to add this in, fully known and fully accepted doesn't mean that we have arrived and that sometimes we don't call one another higher. Does that make sense? A good friend, in a good brother, a good sister in the Lord who, you know, is going to do a little meddling in your life if, if, if you have a relationship. Does that make sense? And so you're like, well, hey, this is just me. You're judging me. I'm like, no, I fully accept you. Actually, the fact that I'm noticing something that I'm just asking you about because I love you. I'm concerned about that. You doing okay? And, and that actually it shows my love for you. And you're like, hey, why are you judging me? No, I'm not judging you. I love you and I accept you and I embrace you, but I am concerned. You're, we're going to leave that there. Because we'll get to that, but like to, in the fam, to have healthy family, you've got, you've got to have healthy confrontation sometimes. And sometimes it's powerful. <laughs> but we do it because we love. When we come to Jesus, so, um, here we go. And I'm going to close with this. Wholeness. We're three part, listen, we're three part beings. Right? We're spirit. That actually is our defining. That, that is our, that is, we are spirit beings who have a soul and we live in a body. Okay? Now, thriving life looks like wholeness in all three areas. Now, the Lord showed it to me like this. Life the life of God, it flows. If you can think about life, what life is in the spirit, because life is spirit. And life flows. Jesus said, whoever believes on me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost parts will flow springs of living water. What flows from the throne? A river. There's a river of life. Okay, so life flows. And what happens is, is that in areas of our life, we can, you, can be, you can be flowing spiritually, you can be flowing physically, but in your mind or your emotions that affect your relationships, you can be kind of stopped up, like the slushy's not coming out. You know? And, and, and you can be actually a very broken... It's okay because we've all been saved from something... But remember that we love each other. But the reality is, is that we can be very broken where relationally we make messes or maybe we just make messes in certain types of relationships in our life. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe like any authority is hard for me. I get I get a you know what I'm saying? Like I get along with everybody until it's somebody that has any kind of power in my life. And then I feel the need to protect myself. Well, I think a great thing to find out is where that came from. Because if you want to walk in wholeness, God wants to touch that. The, the tough thing about it is, the way to get whole is that you have to lean in again to the very thing that hurt you in the first place, which is a similar type of relationship. So you need a redemptive encounter. <laughs> and God will touch you by His Spirit, and in a moment you can be changed, and yet... 
you will still walk it out with people. God touched me, and then now I'm talking to Dave, or, you know, whatever, and, and just pick, like, the nicest person in the room so you can't ever imagine anything. And, and like, and, uh, and like, you know, like, you know, I'm talking to Dave, and then all of a sudden, oh, that little thing triggered me again, and I'm like, I, I want to, and then you want to do all kinds of things. You want to sabotage that relationship. You want to find a way to get, find something wrong with Dave, Good luck. So you can get, so you can get, so you can get, get away from him. Cause I don't really want to deal with that. So I need to build a case that says, well, Dave, Dave doesn't really get me. You know, and then now I'm free from covenant with Dave. And, and do you see what I'm saying? Or you, you're, you know, you, you've had failures in your life in certain areas where at least you think it's a failure. You felt like it was a failure. I bet you if you get with the father, you're going to find out he says something different about it. Because sometimes to God you won, even if to somebody else it looks like you lost. And, and, um, and so what happens is things start going well for you. Maybe you get a promotion at work. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're messing it up almost like, and you're like, why am I doing this? I don't know why I'm doing this, but I am doing this. And I feel like I'm a runaway train and I can't even stop it. It's called self-sabotage. And it's just an area of brokenness. But all these areas are relational brokenness. But wholeness comes in relationship with a, with a whole father, a complete father, and in the context of his family. Kingdom family. And it's, it feels so risky. There's nothing more painful than to be betrayed by somebody that you love or trusted. Conversely, there's nothing more amazing than to sit on a couch when you feel like you're in one of your weakest moments and just let it all out to somebody who sees you, is convinced of who you are in God. And you're like, man, I'm feeling, I just, can I use this word? I'm feeling lame. Like, you know, like I'm just feeling, ah, oh, this is, you know, and I, whatever. And then just to have them look at you and just be like, you're going to be fine. I know who you are. I'm not worried about this. I don't think less of you because of that. Because that's another subject, but we can we can do that to each other, right? Like Brian reveals a weakness to me, and now I've got an excuse. If I've got any kind of striving or competition in me, once he gets vulnerable with me, you ever do that? You ever you ever do that thing to somebody? Or we've probably all done it. To be really honest, we've probably all done it and felt like it was done to us. Where I'm like. Here's a here's a, a part of my humanness. I'm not even talking about a deep dark sin. It's just just here's part of my imperfect humanness. I'm still on a journey. And then you feel that little like, oh, you're not so awesome. Maybe I'm a little more awesome than you. You know that thing? It's a bummer. So it's God's desire that we're flowing in all areas of life, and we'll say it this way. Because really, as, as beings, this is, this is what's happening. I heard somebody say it this way once, and I love it. Spiritually, who? 
<laughs> what is that? Spiritually, you're saved. Done. Did you know that your spirit is actually perfect right now? Arrived. Really, it's true. The Bible calls it the incorruptible seed. It's, it's pure. Now, your soul... I understand we have eternal security, so please do not hear me wrong. But your soul is being saved. That's your mind, your will, your emotions. And you can talk more about it. It goes a little deeper than that. That is what's being sanctified day by day as we walk with the Lord. The renewing of the mind. My emotions are getting healed up. My relationships are getting better. And then your body even if you're healthy today, someday will be saved. Because uh, the incorruptible will swallow up the corruptible. So like, you're, you're going to receive a new body. Right? That hasn't happened yet. So we're waiting for that. Wholeness looks like the life of God flowing in all the areas of our life. 